Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Hello and welcome back to episode 58 of the Dysonomics podcast. Shout out David who joined me last week, David Bell, um, a trader. We discussed risk and how to manage it, like how to manage your risk to a level that suits you to help you improve your life. We talked about the differences between men and women in terms of how they manage risk and how women have some advantages over men and and vice versa. We, We talked about the housing market, talked about how the Bank of England actually made it even worse for us with a bit of technical analysis on that. We discussed Brexit, grain theory, how to improve your life or destroy it one, one step at a time, all types of stuff. This week, um, I'm going to discuss some of the most ridiculous narratives popping around we see in our media all the time about how millennials slash young people are really suffering in the housing market and just the general standard of living simply because we spend too much on silly stuff like Starbucks and avocados and all that type of stuff. So I'm going to crush that ridiculous narrative because it's highly insulting and highly idiotic. And I'm quite frankly, I'm bored of these people from older generations who don't seem to want to use any single part of their brain cells for some good use and actually say things that actually make sense and have any sort of reflection of actual reality. But first things first i'm going to run a quick catch up on some of the stuff that i've picked out that may have relevance to you well you have no choice you have to listen you're listening to you might as well hear it now over the last seven days as many of you saw the met gala was going on i think it might have been last weekend or during the week or i can't remember exactly when so i wanted to give the listeners a, a bit of background information to what the met gala is we've most of us have seen the pictures some people looking like they are the back of a dress at the back of a chessboard some people looking really really swaggy some people look i don't know i'm not a fashion guru but some people look like a hot mess in fact let me say who i thought looked live um cesar i thought she looked amazing i like diddy i like jalen um not jalen um jada smith with the lv jacket lv kicks those kicks were hard on him wiz looked good i liked uh, michael b jordan's off-white joint that was hard who else? Even though Rihanna looked like a back of a chessboard, it's Rihanna. She just, she's just lit. And who else looked nice? There's some you out here looking like Jesus, but he looked kind of swaggy, I can't lie. And I think that's about it. Everybody else looked a bit bummy. Yeah, Migos look like their clothes are fake, which is a bit nuts. But I love the Migos, but I don't really like what they were wearing. Um, who else? Oh, Diddy and Cassie. Cassie, Cassie looked like... FBI agent that's just that shops at Netta Porter like it was a bit mad but she's banging anyway Diddy's Diddy I've never seen anything as white as what Diddy is rocking but it's Diddy you get me but anyway forget the fashion stuff the background information the costume 
Institute Gala at the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art. That's what it is. That's the role of the full name. It's the biggest event in terms of fashion fundraising in the calendar year. It's been going on since 1948. It's only a few years after the Second World War. So it's quite a prestigious, long lasting event. In terms of how much it costs to get in, because I was well, I want to go to Met Gala one day, come out here in the Balenciaga tracksuit or something nuts. <laughs> it costs $30,000 per person. Some people don't even earn that in a year. And if you want a table, so you want to be table you and the man them, $275,000. Last year, they raised around $12 million. I think this year they raised a lot more because apparently 550 people plus came. So be interested to see how that pans out. Another thing that happened this week is Trump backing out of the Iran deal, nuclear deal. We've heard Iran talk mad smack about their nuclear war, warheads. Obama's been politicking the situation in his two um, presidencies. But people get onto Trump because it's Trump, which is a bit ridiculous. But if you look at the reasons why Trump pulled out the deal, it makes sense. You're trying to monitor what Iran's doing with nuclear weapons and Iran don't want to give you access to two of the, the most fundamental military bases or sites, whatever you want to call it. Why would you get involved in that deal? It doesn't make sense. So, it's, And this has been backed by the Europeans as well. Another thing I want to look at, Sky Sports, losing La Liga um, TV rights. So for those of us who watch sports, um, I'm one of them. I love I love um, Sky Sports La Liga coverage because I get to see Messi and Ronaldo every week. Modric, Cruz, Griezmann, well, Neymar's gone. Dembele, Coutinho, loads of players. Sky actually offered a lot less than when BT were challenging for the rights. I think it was three years ago. And some company called Eleven Sports, headed up by the owner of um, Leeds Football Club, they've come in and gazumped Sky and agreed to deal with Sky Sport uh, with um, La Liga. I think the thinking behind Sky Sports is like we're not going to pay a certain price because Ronaldo and Messi might not be there in three years or something like that. So I'm not too sure about the decision from Sky because Sky already lost um, the Champions League rights to BT Sports. BT Sports got Italian football, German football, French football and the Champions League like exclusively. Now Sky really just champion the Premier League, which obviously I can't lie. I cancel my, I'm going to cancel my Sky Sports subscription this month because the Premier League's done. I'm going to get it back in May. But it's going to be interesting to see how it affects their numbers from the next season, 2018-2019. And finally, um, the Times published a 1,000 rich list in the UK. And the guy who's at the top is Jim Ratcliffe. He's a, he's a top don. He actually grew up in a council estate not too far from Manchester. So this is like a bit of a self-made Don type story, which I respect so highly. Um, he's the owner of chemical firm Ineos. Ineos, I can't pronounce it properly, excuse me. And he's worth estimated at £21.05 billion, which is stupid, stupid though. To give you a kind of insight to how ridiculous the amount of money he has, if you look at the lifestyle that Rick Ross lives, Rick Ross' um, net worth is estimated at probably like $100 million or something like that. This man is on 21 billion, so he's clear. Yeah, so that will conclude the quick catch up on stuff happening across the world or relevant to us anyway, across this week. And now for the podcast. Yeah, 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 I too. This is DJ Anochi coming fresh from the desk. You're listening to this enormous podcast. That's it. To DJ Willie, come on, come on, come on, come on. As I suggested prior, we've heard 
many of the older generation talk a bag of nonsense about how we can't get on the housing market or we're apparently struggling or life is so great for us and we have it easy. Back then, they had to graft. They didn't want to buy all these luxury things. Like, I don't want to keep mentioning avocado. Like, avocado is trash, bro. Man needs rice and stew. Like, I don't know about that. And it's just irritating. Very, very To me, it's just irritating. What it takes is just looking at any sort of form of data and you really quickly realise that you're talking a bag of crap. Total nonsense, trash, idiocy of epic proportion. Fantastic foolery. It's just it's irritating. As you can tell by my voice, I'm very irritated and I'm tired of seeing the same crap over and over again from people who actually lived in a quite beneficial generation in terms of getting on the housing market, for example. Yes, if you look at the standard of living, yes, the amount of products that we can consume, we have a wider variety. We have better technology. We have Wi-Fi, stuff like that. We can travel the world at a more frequent and affordable rate. There is, of course, there's things that have improved our standard of living, yes. But when you talk about the costing and stuff like housing, is it's absolutely ridiculous to imply that if you've actually looked at any form of data. So let's look at house prices, which is what kind of spurs the discussion quite often. Let me take myself, for example. I was born in 1989. House prices in that period of 1989 in the UK were approximately £60,000. 60 bleeping thousand pounds. Imagine our average house price was 60 grand. We will not be stressed. We will be living our best lives. Many of you earn a good proportion of that already. So you've been able to grab a house with ease. Right? But no, it's not the average house price. It's not 60 flipping grand here. Let's look at the, the trend. And I'm going to, if you follow me on Twitter, I will put a link to all the graphs so you can have a look at the actual trend because I can't really explain a graph in a picturesque manner, unfortunately. I'm not Jay-Z with the words. Not yet, anyway. If we look at 10 years prior to um, 1989, house price were in fact half that. So some of these people right now, yeah, bought houses for like 30, 20 grand. And if they live in areas like Brixton, or Shoreditch, Hackney, Islington, anywhere in West, they're seeing exponential growth. You can, you can, people buying houses for 25, 30 bags in the 70s, selling it for like 600, 800 grand now. Anyone, get the F out of here. So yeah, like from that 1979, house prices were like 30 grand. 989, 60 grand. And then in fact, it actually dipped from 1989. So house prices actually went downwards and came back up in kind of like a U shape. So in the late 1990s, we started like around 97, we started to see house prices rise again. And then went up and up and up until the financial crisis time, which is 2007 slash eight where house prices obviously went downwards because financial crisis, which was also linked to mortgages. So by then, the peak prices were like £180,000. That is up 300% from 1989. So in like 20 years, house prices tripled. Tripled in 20 years. Yeah? Cool. Now, as of February 2018... You're looking at an average house price of £225,000. £225,000. Yeah? Let alone London, which is like 330 or something like that. We're not running the same race 
So they need to relax with this nonsense. Also, let's even put the house prices to the side for a quick second, yeah? How do you get a house? Unless you're Roma Bramish, you could be buying houses outright, you're more than likely to need a mortgage. And to get a mortgage is going to be lent by Builder Society or Bank. They're going to have to borrow you a big amount of money. And for them to borrow you money, you have to go through certain hoops. You're going to have to fit into certain criteria. The criteria to get a house has changed over the years. Let's look at America, where the subprime mortgage crash was really peak in 20, 2007-2008. What actually happened leading up to the house and market crash, which many people don't know, is that the government, one of the key instigators was the government saying that is un-American, I'm paraphrasing by the way, and unfair that people who earn less can't, can't, don't have houses. So what they did was they actually put pressure on the banks to rapidly reduce their criteria policy for people keeping approved for mortgages. The banks, obviously, they ain't trying to fight the government. You're going to be legal battles for years and years with the government. You're not winning that. So you're basically saying to reduce the lending criteria. So banks are like, but this doesn't make sense. We're going to be lending to people who can't afford to, to actually keep up with the payments. But then banks being banks for, hold on a second. If we just create securities, mix and match together, keep flipping and flipping and flipping and flipping and flipping them, we can make mad dough. So they were just laughing. They were giving people who had no, absolutely no chance in hell to continuously keep up with mortgage payments, mortgages. And for those who listen to rap music, especially trap music in the UK and US, you hear the term bando a lot. Bando is coined from abandoned house. And these abandoned houses are all over the United States of America from basically when the housing market crashed, the way, okay, how do I put this in quick words? Basically, banks were trading people's mortgage debts to the point where they were pulling them up together, trading them all over the gaff. People didn't even know who owned what debt. So you're having houses that people have been kicked out of are just now abandoned. Nobody knows who owns it. Nobody even gives a damn. So you've got loads of abandoned houses. And part of this, or a significant portion of this, was due to the housing market crash, which started off the government pushing for the banks to be giving people who can't afford to have houses houses. So bring it back to the UK. Some of our parents and our grandparents, uncles, aunties and that, were getting on the housing market without having to earn mad, mad dough. So if you um, chart out UK mortgage approvals, so the rate of, of which people's mortgage get approved, from 1989, it trends downwards. It obviously goes up and down, you know, like them ER flipping, you know ER, is that the name of the show, the hospital show? So like when you see um, heart, whatever, you know what I'm talking about, them monitors of things, heart goes up and down. That's what it's like, but it's, go, it's trending downwards, yeah? So the rate at which people are being approved for mortgages is going down simply because of one of the significant reasons because the criteria to get a mortgage is a lot higher. Credit rating has to be higher, affordability, all that type of stuff. And that's just, okay, cool. That's the criteria. What about the actual capital to invest in a house? In 1990, the average house deposit was £6,793 in 1990. Imagine the average deposit to grab a house for six bags, for almost seven bags. I know you're at home thinking, what? So am I. Man, I'm a rocket watches that cost more than that. Calmly. 
most of us are quite a lot of people, um, young professionals will probably have a house by now if deposits were that low. If you look at now, across the UK is in the mid 20s, but London, <laughs> it's like 80 grand, <laughs> 80 grand. In fact, the average deposit to get a house in London, yeah, in 2018 is 25% higher than the average house price period in 1989. No more needs to be said. And even if you adjust house prices for inflation, yeah, because people say, oh, yeah, but you earn more money now, blah, 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 yeah, cool. Let's adjust house prices for inflation using the retail price index, and I'll put this chart on my Twitter as well. It's still trending upwards and upwards and very quickly, so it's less affordable. If we're to look at first-time buyer house price as a ratio to the earnings, so the first time, these are for people who buy the house for the first time, so if you look at the price of the house that they're purchasing in relation to how much they earn, it's crazy. Like the ratio for the average house was like 3.25 in 1990, and it's now over five. So it's a significant rise. And I'll show the chart as well. London went from like five to like 10 point something. So it's doubled. If you see the chart, it's like straight to the top. So this shows that the average house price for people buying a house for their first time is way bigger than their earnings in comparison to before. Now, even if you look at the income of the average mortgage borrower since 1990, yeah? In 1990, the average income was 17 grand. Not many people, even coming fresh out of uni, are, are earning 17 grand especially London, they're definitely probably earning a lot more than that. Fast forward to 2011, 43 grand. What more needs to be said? Look at what people young who are young have to contend with. Globalization. Globalization is where all these companies are taking their services and businesses abroad, having front offices abroad, and then you're having people, labor moving in between countries. Basically, the competition for jobs is a lot higher because your job could get panned out to Poland or Austria or wherever it's cheaper, or Estonia, wherever it's cheaper to make. Or even regionally, jobs are, I've seen jobs go from London to Sheffield or simply because it's cheaper. Cool. So you have to contend with that. Record numbers of university attendants, record numbers of university attendees from other nations. Then you look at, as I said on my podcast, my subscribers know, in terms of real wage growth, so how much your wages have actually grown, take into account inflation, because obviously if inflation, which is the price of goods and services, also known as the cost of living, if the cost of living is, is, is growing higher than your salary, then effectively you're, you're not earning more, even if you, let's say your salary goes up by 10, 10 grand, if inflation is higher than that, it's eating into your money. So you're, you're, you have less disposable income. So if our wage growth is basically staying the same for like 20 years, and it's one of the worst out of 120 countries that record data, but our cost of living, so accommodation, I've told you how prices have gone up for housing. We know about railfares going up, food going through the roof, energy prices going through the roof. If all our costs are going up, but our wages are basically staying the same, 
that's no reason we we have terrible um terrible debt. And you're trying to say that it's easier for us if we just stop eating avocados. Get the I don't want to swear. Get the f out of here. It's ridiculous. Totally, totally ridiculous. And we have to deal with worse, a worse healthcare system because people are living longer than they have been before. There's less, um, there's less doctors and nurses per um, per patient. The doctors and nurses, and some of them are you people, graduated, getting into the industry, are being stretched like crazy because our tax money cannot afford to keep on NHS. Trying to make it like our life is easy. It's flipping ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. Totally absurd. So please don't listen to the nonsense that they're saying. Some of our parents are getting a yard for 20 grand and flipping it for 600 grand. 20 grand won't get us a deposit in some, in some, some areas. So yeah, that's, that's some, some food for thought. So anytime you see someone on Twitter talking that type of crap, or people in your office talking that crap, or people at the dinner table at a house talking that crap, or in a gym, this nonsense is giving you the ammunition to shoot their nonsense down. Because it's total nonsense. And that's what it is. And everything will be on my Twitter for you to find. And I'll probably start writing again, so it'll be easier. But yeah, thank you again for listening to another rant by me. A quick shout out to um, my homie Bola Soul. As I'm recording today on a Sunday, I left it a bit late. She's releasing season two of a talk show designed to give black men and women a voice. So check that out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Bola Soul, B-O-L-A-S-O-L. I'll put the link in my description on the podcast as usual follow me on soundcloud subscribe to me on itunes give a nice review help me climb them charts b and also tell your friends tell a friend to tell a friend to slide on my podcast or time to search it and help the movement grow i know what movement it is but yeah the movement you get me anyway thank you for listening i'll be back next week peace Podcast Network.